Hey everyone, um, this is Larissa and Laura, and this is our Page Turners book review. So for Page Turners, we've devised our own little book rating system, uh, which has 10 different categories. Uh, the first is just a star rating. It's our own personal rating, how we feel about the book. The second is for the book, uh, relating to the plot, how be- believable it is, how intense it is, including all the sort of themes that run throughout the book. The next one involves people and characters, how believable and interesting they are, including relationships between all the characters. Uh, The fourth one is about the world building, the setting, how unique, detailed, interesting the whole world is. The fifth one we have is writing style. It also includes how easy it is to read and the pacing of the book and all that sort of stuff. The next one then is spicy romance. So how spicy do these relationships get? Uh, next one up is the emotional impact. So how emotional it makes the reader and we're getting through this book. Next one up is resolution. How satisfying is the resolution? Is there many unanswered questions, cliffhangers, all that good stuff. Um, next one up is a, a bit of a funky one. It's called nerdability. And it basically summarizes how enjoyable the book is for the purposes of studying it or rereading it. And will include stuff like foreshadowing, metaphors, comparisons to real life fishes. And then finally, do we recommend it and to who we recommend it? Okay, so we thought we'd start off this podcast by reviewing A Discovery of Witches from the All Souls trilogy by Deborah Harkness. Uh, it's the first book in the trilogy and it focuses on vampires, witches, demons, specifically one vampire, a spellbound witch, and the fact that this mysterious manuscript appears to this witch, and everyone else seems very invested in it. Um, Diana, our main character, the witch, uh, wants nothing to do with magic, uh, so she wants nothing to do with this book, but she seems to be the only one to be able to break its spell. Um, The the vampire in question in this book, Matthew Claremont, uh, gradually warms up to her and her to him as they have to form an alliance in order to be able to manage all the... I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, that anyway. is so fair. No, that's that's kind of the book. You, you got it perfectly. Um, um, so we, we have Diana. Um, <laughs> She's a witch, and then we have Matthew, and he's a vampire, and um, shenanigans ensue from here on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is perfect. And the way we're going to do this is um, there. this book series is a trilogy, so we're going to um, do one book per podcast. So we're going to start with the first one today. Yeah. And yeah, let's just get into our review. Also, we are not going to spoil anything major. Our review will go quite in depth, but it won't give anything away because we still want you to go and read these books. Um, and we don't enjoy want them. To... Or yeah, not exactly. enjoy them, but at least experience them truly for the first time yourselves. Um, because as much as we have opinions, you may have different ones and you are entitled to discover those by yourself. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so I think we'll can start with the first category, which is the stars. Now, this is gonna be funny because I think I gave it less stars than you did. Um yeah. so <laughs> I mean I'm, difference of uh, opinion yeah. is good. 
yeah it's good it's good it's just really funny because um because this is the kind of books we both we both enjoy fantasy romance mm -hmm. but for for me it, it lacked a few things and i'm gonna go in way more detail in the in the next categories but overall i gave it a three out of five and the reason for that is so technically it had everything that i enjoy in a book but then when i went down and actually read the concept it didn't come as enjoyable to me as I thought it would be. Um, now there are some really good parts of the book. Um, like I really like the the writing style and stuff, but mm -hmm. uh, there were some things that lacked. And I'll I'll go further into detail as I go along. But just overall, three out of five for me. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting because uh, for me personally, I gave it four out of the five stars. Um, and I kind of agree. Like it has all that has. It has all the stuff that I usually go for in a book, as in, you know, fantasy, magic, supernatural, romance, all that good stuff. Yeah. But for me, I think I also quite like the adventure category and the fact that this manuscript is desirable to all of these supernatural creatures and there's all this mystery around it. It, it creates a lot of adventure and mystery in the story, which is also something I like. But it gives a twist on what I'm usually reading in the supernatural fantasy romance genres, which is some, I don't know, threat to some damsel in distress. And then this supernatural <laughs> goddess appears and he's like, oh my God, I'll save the day. Um, I think this is a nice twist on the kind of overdone stuff that I've read a lot of. Um, not saying I still, I don't enjoy that stuff because I do, but um. <laughs> I think this book just had a lot more stuff I haven't read as much before, at least lately. Um, and I think it has some downsides that I'll get into later in some of the categories, but mm -hmm. uh, I think it deserves a four out of five. But I also could be biased <laughs> considering I have read the next two books in the series. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> so with the book plot, right? When I started reading it, I found myself like, oh my God, this is this is really good this is really interesting and mm -hmm. which what was odd for me is that usually for like romance fantasies I go in for the romance but when I first started this book like the the story around it started to sound really really good so I was kind of more invested in the in the story aspect of it and I I was actually really enjoying it I was like okay look at me actually thinking of something else other than two <laughs> characters kissing you know um <laughs> that was that was nice but yeah I think I'm the same think, because like the yeah. the romance of the start for me wasn't the the reason I was continuing reading I was like but what's happening with the mystery book what's happening exactly <laughs> why does she exactly. not want to use magic like all this sort of stuff like I thought that was cool yeah same I really really like that but then I think, and I'm going to get into this more in writing, but I think that because the pacing started getting really weird, um, it, it was really odd. It was a really odd reading experience because at some points, nothing really happened. And then like 20 things started happening and then nothing happened again. And yeah. just the plot, like initially, there was nothing really happening. And then like five different sort of storylines started happening and it was just like a, a little bit overwhelming because they sort of came out of nowhere like the plot started out of nowhere um 
so on I the just counterpoint yeah. that and okay. say that while there is like a million different plot lines like I know it's not a million but like like you said five <laughs> different plot lines going on at once I think it's more believable or more interesting to read mm-hmm. because it's not as linear a storyline as so many other things are which are really simplistic and I think it manages to link them all together really well uh, eventually I will say that I don't think all the sort of plot lines are resolved within the first book but the, it kind of begins so many plot lines that carry on throughout the series that I think the first book is actually done quite well in terms of plot lines uh although I do agree the pacing needs some serious work <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that's really fair and again you have the you you have uh read this the, the broader other two, context so. Yeah, so maybe I'll change my tune on this. It's just that, just as a standalone book, it was just a bit of a of an odd experience trying to read it because just it, just the plot. I but then again, it's probably because I'm so used to a linear storytelling that this was a bit odd, and maybe I should just be a bit more open to change. Uh, maybe this is a me issue, but uh... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> like I, I think there's nothing wrong. Um with having a linear storyline I think it's probably the way most stories are written but um for this one especially given how long the book is because like just for context it's like 688 pages I think yeah yeah um so it's a chunker of a book and (laughs) I think if that had one linear storyline where it was always like this happened and then this happened and then this happened it would feel like the book is too long for no good reason um okay. or at least for me um okay, fair. so i think it needed at least a two-dimensional storyline in some aspect rather than just a linear one okay no that's actually very interesting i didn't think about it this way um because i read it like as an ebook um so i didn't even register it didn't even register with me how long it was yeah um, that's fair okay <laughs> no yeah, i was struggling right. to hold it in like one hand it was like no this is this is this book is a chunk like what the <laughs> Oh my god. I still I will still hold on my disbelief until later. Mm-hmm. And and we'll see. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what would you give the plus as your rating out of five? I would give it a three. Because like I said, there were some really good, interesting parts. Because that's the thing. With this book, there were so many good things about it and then there, just for me there was a lot of issues bringing it down so that's why I'm going to put his smack down in the middle because yeah, it's just like so many good things but also so many bad things <laughs> yeah see I feel like I have to also give it a 3 but it's for different okay. reasons because I think originally on my first read I would have given it like a f- I don't know I think I would have given it a 3 um but having read the rest of the series, I'm inclined to go a bit higher, but that's because the other books are influencing me. Um, okay. But I feel like if I'm going to review this book and this book alone, it has to be a three because I don't think there's enough in there that fully explains everything and that goes into the detail that I want to see. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like it did a really good job of being the first book in the trilogy. Perfect. And I, I think we're going to go with characters now. And I think the way to do it is we're going to talk about the two main characters uh, and then unfortunately just lump the rest of the characters together. <laughs> um, 
and then kind of talk about relation the relationships in the books and stuff. Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. So uh, tell me all about Diana. 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 <laughs> See, I didn't know what to think of Diana originally. Um, mm-hmm. Because for context for anyone who doesn't know, uh, this book uh, and the series is in the process of getting made into a TV show as well, which I have also seen. So I have seen Diana on screen and in the book. So, and I had seen the TV show first. So I already had some, you know, preconceptions of what I thought Diana was going to be like. And to be honest, I think the two have some pretty stark differences. Like in terms of the character's description, I, I don't really mind if that's different. Like that's just, they, they wanted this actress and that's fine. But like even in terms of personality, there were some significant differences that I wasn't really expecting. So which one would you prefer then? I think that I prefer the one in the book. I, I think the, the oh. Diana in the book has a lot more character development shown. And I also think she's a bit nicer of a person. Um <laughs> I, I feel like the the Diana that they show in the TV show can be quite direct and it, it can kind of come across as a bit like I don't want to be your friend because she's just she's just a bit intense um whereas okay. Di- Diana in the book well she still has her moments of that's intense or that's a lot or whatever like I think she's a lot more likable um because she shows this vulnerability and she has I don't know, a more rounded uh, life in the book. I think that's just down to how much background they can show and whatever. Um, Because in the book, she actually has hobbies and she has like stuff she wants to do. In the TV show, she has hobbies, but they're not really focused on. And like her family is kind of there, but not there. And um, I think the book does a better job of representing a person. Um, that's so fair but i feel like that's just every every book nerd ever it's just always yeah. gonna be like loki the book was kind of better um, <laughs> but diana as a character i feel like she 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 always feels like she's uh, wants to be on both sides of every argument like she wants to be strong but she's vulnerable and she wants to be like knowledgeable and everything but she's so confused and <laughs> I, I feel like she's just she because she's complex, she feels more like a person um than mo than most characters in a book. Uh, and given the fact that they have the almost seven hundred pages to discuss her as a character, I feel it gives her more room to grow. Um Okay, that's really that's really interesting. Um yeah. What did you think of her? Well <laughs> <laughs> come on. Well, boy. Boy, did I have some thoughts on Diana. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing, right? Initially, I, I liked her. Um, the issue that you were telling, you were talking about there about her trying to be, her being really smart, but then also being confused. I think the issue with that was because Diana was um, our point of view for most of the book. There are some, um, like very few chapters in the third person, but because mm-hmm. she served as this sort of like nar- narrator to us, and obviously, mm-hmm. we didn't know how this world works. So obviously, at times, she had to ask, what is this about in order for us to get, like, 
actual information of of this world building and i think that was actually that actually made diana as a character suffer because constantly constantly everyone was like she's so smart she is she is so she's just she just she just gets people she just knows things and she didn't know anything (laughs) (laughs) so you think that her character suffered because the, the writer was using it as a ploy to explain to the reader yeah, exactly. Okay. And, That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it that way. Um, yeah, and like it, it kind of it kind of sucked though because it's just like you know how sometimes it's like authors show us, don't tell us, but because she was our main point of view, she yeah. couldn't really show her smartness because she just constantly asked questions, which again makes complete sense, but it just it was to the detriment of her character. I just counterpointed by saying that a lot of her ignorance in areas is to do with the fact that she's rejecting her witch background and kind of moves on from that life and wants to live a normal, quote unquote, human life. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, no, that's that is very true. So I guess it kind of is in character. It's just that it was just really annoying when everyone was like, she is the smartest person. And even Matthew was like, haha, told you guys she was smart. But then she just like asked so many questions, like silly questions as well. And I'm like, hon, what? You know? <laughs> like, why don't yeah. you just Yeah. It was just a bit odd sometimes. But um other than that, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. Diana initially, I was like, okay, she is smart. Also, I love the fact that it was said in like in like a, a libra- library because it was like my book nerd dream of reading about a character (laughs) yeah reading about a character that is into reading and like just you know loving life and manuscripts and treating books with respect i was like yes i love this Mm -hmm. so initially she was like okay she's hardworking. obviously she is smart she is like she is independent enough but she still cares about other people around her you know it was like okay she's complex but I, I I vibe with that. Like it was complex in a good way. I was like, okay, I can connect with this. And then and then Matthew walks in. And it's like her character does a 180. And it's just like the Diana from the beginning is not the Diana from the end. And obviously, sometimes that's good because you know, character development, but I felt like this was character regression, not development, you know? Yeah, no, I, I do see what you mean. She does definitely do a 180 when it becomes Matthew-centric. Um, I wasn't fans of, like, a, a huge fan of a lot of aspects of their relationship, particularly in the be- mm-hmm. beginning. Like, once I get invested in them as a couple, it, it I feel like I'm willing to buy a lot more. But the beginning of their relationship, I just don't see how the characters were like, ah, yes, this is a good mix. Like, I am fully willing to compromise my entire personality up until this point. (laughs) Yeah, that is 100% what I felt as well, because, and there's also this one particular line where she's like, Matthew won't accept anything but obedience. And she just, like, sort of accepts that. And I'm like, Diana in the beginning would not have, like, accepted this and also her her sort of standing up for herself is kind of treated as like such an annoyance by everyone so like the one thing that i really liked about her is that she was quite assertive 
then everything else in the book after that, after her relationship with Matthew, her assertiveness was kind of treated like a childish trait. And I was a bit annoyed by that because, you know, she was a fully grown woman, very a very smart grown woman with her own autonomy. But everyone, like, especially Matthew kind of treated her as a bit of a child and especially with, with her being assertive. And it actually annoyed me a little bit because it's just like, it's, it's who she is. So why isn't she like treated as like an See, adult? See, I picked up know? on the same stuff, but I interpreted it slightly differently. I took okay. it as uh, not necessarily that all characters look down on her being assertive or not just l- blindly listening to Matthew. But to my recollection, it was mostly the vampires who did this. Okay. And from my perspective, that made total sense because there's, there's this running theme that like Matthew would have researched wolves as part of his like super nerdy stuff in the book. And Diana kind of cops that his study of wolves relates to how vampires interact with each other and it's very much a hierarchy and a pack mode and like there's very much a leader and everyone just follows that leader and because in Matthew's world Diana is essentially coming into his pack and expecting to change things and everyone's looking at her like no this is not how it works you do not just suddenly be there's only one alpha like um so I kind of read it as in they think she's naive of vampire mindset and like their culture. Like it's it's less of a a character versus character and more of a species versus species. Um and the ignorance okay. that they all have versus each other because like Diana in the book is woefully ignorant of vampires and their culture and like how they live. Um, and I think it's equally fair to say the vampires are probably almost as uh, <laughs> unaware as like how other people live because they don't associate with warm bloods on a regular basis. Like it's frowned upon, and warm bloods being non-vampire people. Um, but like a lot of that is just how I see the vampire relationships, and I think the fact that they see her as naive and young and childlike is because they literally do see her as a child for the age that she is and the experience they have given considering how old they are okay i actually never thought about it this way but because again we're surrounded by matthew and vampires all the time so i kind of just assumed it's just everyone treating her this way but yeah i, I yeah i think you're right well, there the thing is like yeah. a lot of the like demons or humans or other witches they don't seem to treat Diana's um, assertiveness or like, I don't know, all of her her quirky like traits. They don't seem to treat it like it's a, a childish issue or that it's like they react in what I would consider a more normal way. And it seems to okay. be the, the vampires who always overreact to it. Um, so I don't know. That was just how I read it, but I could be missing something. <laughs> No, that's actually very interesting. Okay. Much to think about on that point. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, one of the themes was species versus species. Oh my God. Yeah. Is the author better than I thought she was? <laughs> was this done on purpose? <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> no, okay. That's actually really a really good point. I didn't think about it this way. Okay. Okay, Diana, I'm gonna give you some some points there. Um but <laughs> I will say though, which what did annoy me with Diana and what kind of made me disconnect with her was mm-hmm. the fact that like she was so mean to her aunt who like who like raised her. And it's just like all of a sudden, right? She meets this vampire who was fully like, yeah, so vampires kill people. And then she's like, oh my god, that's like so fair. And then and then when <laughs> she No, but then but then when she interacts with her aunt, she's just like so rude to her and like just mean for no reason. And it's just like this woman raised you since you were seven, and you are willing to like like fully treat her badly for your vampire uh boyfriend who you've known for three weeks hon please priorities i am begging you be nicer to your family you know i don't want to see make it seem like i'm disagreeing with you on literally everything but <laughs> i feel <laughs> no, like disagree with me on everything <laughs> i feel like diana's relationship with her aunts is kind of already in that setting even before matthew's on the scene um, because it seems oh. like to me that Diana rejects everything to do with witches and her past and her history and she'd rather just move on she's, she's moved to a different country um, she like you know is only in contact with her aunts over the phone every now and again and even then she seems to be like unwilling to pick up the phone and call them she's always waiting for them to call her and even then she doesn't react to it well um uh, yeah I, I feel like that's that's not a matthew imposed scenario uh i feel like they just don't have the best functional relationship after her having tried to distance herself from that whole universe see that's fair but it's just like it just graded me just a little bit like i would understand if there were a few tensions because i can i can completely understand that look like her aunt seem seemed a little bit bigoted well not a little bit seemed very bigoted towards like <laughs> let's say vampires and demons yeah. and like humans in general so it makes sense why that because she even she mentioned it that she didn't like that about her aunt so that's fair obviously different views it's just like a little bit of gratefulness would not have gone unnoticed because like you know it did it was just for me it was just a little bit too much it was just like come on like yeah just a little bit nicer please you know i feel like that's also just partially a character flaw of diane's is that she's not i don't know overly appreciative of everything like she appreciates people when they go out of their way but uh i feel like she can overlook the little things uh and kind of take things for granted and I feel like she definitely takes her answer granted whether she realizes it or not. I agree there. Yeah, I do think she takes it for granted. Because like I said, I do think the ants have their own character flaws, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. but, well, not M. We love M. This is an <laughs> M stan account. I adore M. Anyway. Yeah. But like, by the way, M, M's, M is the girlfriend of the ant. So yeah. we love her. Yeah. But, but it's just... <laughs> I don't know, that just kind of rolled me the wrong way. And another issue that I kind of had, it kind of goes into theme a little bit, but when I first started reading the book, it was sort of putting it up as, you know, Diana is rejecting pretty much her nature. You know, she's a witch, but she doesn't want to be a witch. And I was like, okay, so this book, because it was mentioned so much, I was like, okay, 
is this theme of the book kind of like accepting who you are? Like, okay, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for this. But then something is revealed in the book that kind of just undermines the whole process because it's just because all of a sudden turns out that all her problems she didn't even she didn't actually have to overcome them herself there was no really fight it was just here's an issue here's here's a plot twist that you didn't see coming and then it was just kind of that and for me it sort of fizzled out uh, diana's character because she didn't actually go through any struggles to overcome her personal issues i feel because it's because like i'm not gonna say what what the plot twist was but it's just like mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it kind of undermined her character a little bit and her hard work and all the traits that were leading up to that point, you know? But that was just, I was just a little bit disappointed. I understand why that happened, but it was just a little bit like, oh, I didn't really feel satisfied when that kind of, when, when that kind of arc came to an end because I was like, oh, she didn't actually have to put in the hard work for that, you know? I mean, I think I know what your plot twist is you're talking about, and I agree to some extent, but I also think that that plot twist was less about uh, Diana and her kind of self-discovery, and it was more about giving her the opportunity to, like, realise that, like, this, is it, this isn't going to like go away this is not this is a moment for her to confront her denial that this is an issue in her life because okay. I feel like the first half of the book she's just in constant denial that she can just carry on that this her life will eventually go back to normal at some stage and I think the plot twist you're on about kind of confronts her that this will never go away that she has to evolve or change and learn and whether she does that entirely um, on her own, I feel like is kind of more along the points you're making because um, it feels like the work isn't hers to do. Um, yeah. But I feel like this is the point where she stopped fighting. Uh, okay. Change. And um, she just sort of accepted. Okay, I see. I think she, I think it was the the kind of fork in the road, and she made the decision at that point that she was going to have to work in it rather than try and fight it. Okay, that's it. that's interesting. See, uh, I know I like went hard on Diana, like, but I will say I do <laughs> like. I will give I will give the author props because she wasn't she wasn't a plain character like i will say even even the fact that i've kind of went so hard on her shows that like you know the author really really injected a lot of personality into diana um yeah like you know to cause like, it's a reaction <laughs> yeah like because sometimes you know sometimes even when you hate a book so much sometimes you know it, it's kind of it kind of shows that there is something in it to hate but like there's there's a bit of substance you know well not all mm -hmm. time well not at all times but sometimes uh in this yeah. case in this case i feel like like she was quite complex and even though i kind of feel like that was sort of undermined towards the end at the beginning i really really liked that so so you know okay. she's not the worst she's not the worst i know it sounds like she is she's not uh, i just kind of had personal issues um but but now that you're saying it i can see 
that you know i could i could probably look at it from a different angle but yeah she's not the worst but the whole point of this is that we're discussing our own angles and you know trying to get to the bottom of our own minds and how we feel about it yeah. so i'm glad um no, I think everything you've said is entirely accurate um, because for the entire book, Matthew comes across as a bit of a dick. Um, but I also feel this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about the whole like wolf sort of pack vampire mindset and however that relates mm. um, in that like they're just all the vampires are just kind of aggressive. Um, <laughs> and. I don't know if that's just a poor decision on behalf of the author to have them all kind of have this defining trait. Like, I, not all of them are as strappy and as manipulative as Matthew, because I think it goes beyond the species for him. It definitely is yeah. part of his personality also. But I feel like, like there is... A sort of a better explanation for it as the seasons or the the, the series goes on. Season, um, season. Well, it, it's explained in both the TV show and the books um, a little bit, much better in yeah. the books. The books do it so much better, and it still doesn't justify any of his behavior because you would think that he's been around for so long that he should have better control of himself and. From what I know of the story, it it's definitely implied that this is some of his peak control, which is kind of worrying. Um, it's very worrying. If that's Matthew at its peak, good God, mm, I don't want to see him any other time. Yeah. Like, I think, to be fair, he both gets better and worse. Yeah, I, I, and he definitely is uh, the worst around Diana. Which is so odd because they're supposed to be the main love interests to each other, and but he's like his worst around her. Well, I I will say that sort of stuff it does make sense eventually. Uh, whether you like the explanation or not is up to you. But I think the explanation, like it it, it I think it's it's mostly explained in book two, so you'll get okay. there soon enough. But. Yeah, for the for book one, it definitely is probably a bit too intense because it's given no explanation in book one that's like that anyway validates or explains his behavior sufficiently. Um, because if it was just two humans, you'd be like, Diana, leave this bat! Like, why are you sticking around him? He treats you like I don't know your property, and also. <sighs> Like, he does have these moments where he treats her like absolute shit, and I'd be like, bitch, leave him. <laughs> but um, there's also some moments where he genuinely takes care of her, and they don't balance out, because I would still say to a friend who was in this situation, bitch, leave him if he's going to treat you like property in any scenario. But um, I feel like he kind of gets the vampire pass for uh, some of his behavior. I feel like I, sh I shouldn't because I don't feel like any of the other species require a pass. <laughs> um, some, there's some seriously questionable vampire actions in this series. Um, 
So I feel like a lot of the vampires deserve a vampire pass, um, or need one at least, even if they don't deserve one. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I, f- I feel like it's weird to give one, considering I don't think, uh, like demons and witches, like I don't think they require the same level of, um, okay, we'll just let your actions slide because you're a different species, and that's the way the species is. Like they don't, mm, I don't know if it works. Yeah, I was going to say about Diana and Matthew, the fact that Matthew is so intense around her, um, but he also seems intense when he's mentioning her to other people. Because um, yeah. I don't know if you remember the conversation with, is it, is it Hamish? Hamish, yeah. Yeah, like, even then, when Matthew is talking to him about her, he just comes across all flavours of wrong. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I don't, I don't know why Hamish, like, doesn't go, like, uh, and be like, Diana should be running from the hills if this is how you're going to yeah. talk about her. And also, if this is how you're going to behave around her. Um, like, I feel like Hamish lacks some serious uh, friendship skills uh, <laughs> and also just human compassion because he didn't go directly to Diana and be like, leave Matthew alone. He is not good for you. <laughs> and then also when they when they kind of meet up for the first time, like Hamish is quite like cold to her as well. And I'm like, dude, yeah, why don't you just warn her? You know, yeah, he could have like stopped this relationship before it began. Yeah, he probably should have. <laughs> yeah, he probably should have. And it sucks because I, because here's the thing: it's it's a fantasy, and in in, in fantasy books rules especially regarding relationships are pushed a little bit and you know sometimes i'm like okay it's a fantasy it's not supposed to be realistic but you know there's still some boundaries that you're like okay the author respects that i can vibe with it right i'll i'll just Mm -hmm. i'll just ignore it for the sake of the story right which you know you can enjoy a book and still and still uh see it as problematic in some parts that's that's fine you know it but with this book it, it feels like even within the vampire sort of world there weren't even boundaries there because at a lot of the times like i guess we can just go into the relationship a little bit more now but it's just mm-hmm. that at a lot of times matthew does things so one-sided it's just like he just goes off those things that directly affect diana and that diana should have a say in but he just doesn't talk to her at all he just does things on its things on its own and it's like you're supposed to be together right you're supposed to love each other why do you just go off they fully do well matthew just needs therapy full stop because got some really big issues but couple and regular therapy yeah uh fully (laughs) and it's just a bit annoying because it's like because like i said sometimes i it's not I turn a blind eye to it. It's like I acknowledge it, but I sort of accept it within the book. But it, with this one, I couldn't even accept it because he went that far. I was mm. like, I can't even pretend that this isn't here. I just, I just <laughs> fully can't. This is bad. This is just fully bad. You know? Yeah. I feel like we're doing a lot, an awful lot of trash talking, and have acknowledged <laughs> basically none of Matthew's good points. Does he have any? <laughs> Does he have any? Hi! Well, it kind of leads into the same conversation, but I think his protectiveness, while he overdoes it in every aspect, it is 
intended to be an admirable trait and I don't think he intends to have it be as um I don't know patriarchal as it is or as it comes across um but like I think the fact that he tries to open Diana's mind to new experiences and uh like I don't know oh a random yoga class that he thinks she'd enjoy um but yeah just the the kind of the fact that he introduces some level of normality and social aspects into her life um because to all intents and purposes i read her as quite a loner as a character and yeah. i feel like matthew not only for like breaks down that wall but like kind of encourages her subconsciously to kind of shift that and she becomes a lot more of like a family oriented like it's not even family it's like she builds her own family whether they're actually like blood family or not um and i think that's that wouldn't have happened if not for matthew is how i see it so i think matthew should get some bonus points for that (laughs) see i would give matthew some bonus bonus points if he wasn't such a prick you know, also no, offense. no offense to Matthew, but all full offense to Matthew. <laughs> so, yeah, do you do you have anything else about about my 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 main man? Um, not about Matthew, but like just talking characters. Um, mm. I feel like I have to give a shout out to Isabel because yeah. I think she might be my favorite character of all the like background characters it, it feels okay. wrong to call her background character because she is a, a like a strong character she's just not she's the main two vampire um, mother yeah yeah um and also martha uh i don't know if it's martha or martha but I, I feel like them two just kind of add to the story so much um n- and they also are fully fleshed out characters in that um like they have their own history and they they give context to the story um but they help develop other characters they develop themselves but i feel like they don't get uh enough time in the book to fully be appreciated the way i want them to um because i feel like Matthew shows more per- shows more dimension when he has the other backdrop of characters because he's very much one way in front of Diana and he's one way in front of Hamish and he's one way in front of Isabeau. And it's like he has three different personalities in that scenario and when they're all together in the same room, he doesn't know who he is anymore and he combines all three and it becomes <laughs> nightmarish. <laughs> but I think it's kind of funny because... It's kind of what people what happens in real life when people have groups of friends, and they behave mm-hmm. one way with a group of friends and another with a group with another group, and then, you know, they're all together. That's like, how do I be a person yeah. anymore? Because yeah. I am, um, I have two facets of a personality. I don't know. I think that was done pretty well. Um, okay, and I like the whole environment of that Isabel lives in, where she just reads like some 
even though she isn't royalty, royalty, she reads like some majestic queen living in a castle, and it just <laughs> it inspires all the fantasy that I want to read. Uh, so, yeah. Oh my god, yes. Um, see, I I will say I I like them too. Um, and I liked I liked the 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 secondary characters really well because I had a look on Goodreads because after I read the book mm-hmm. I sort of look at the reviews and just to kind of see if I, if anyone's opinions kind of sway me and one criticism that kept popping up is like oh the the secondary characters have too much background I fully disagreed with that because I oh yeah thought, no that was very important in the story yeah. And I thought, I thought the author actually did a really good job at like not putting too much, but at the same time, their backgrounds kind of like bled into the story. It was, it felt very real. Yeah. I will say about the secondary characters because they had some correct characteristics, and that's how they acted throughout the book. It's like they stayed true to themselves, which which you rarely find in like secondary characters in fantasy books because kind mm-hmm. of the, the secondary characters are just there to to push down to the situation and they always change to be whatever the main character needs in that moment and this one I felt like they were true to what they were set out to be exactly I fully agree and and there was just the right amount of background just to kind of give you a glimpse into their lives however I do have a note on this Mm -hmm. so you have Isabeau who's Matthew's uh yeah vampire mother and then Martha who's a housekeeper i'm sorry it's just yeah. so funny why is why did martha right an immortal vampire decided to hmm i will be isbo's housekeeper for the rest of my life i was like you don't even have to cook for her she doesn't eat food what exactly like what it just it was just a bit of a funny idea you know i i do Bad i did like question but no yeah. spoilers <laughs> Oh, okay. So I'm not answering that. (laughs) So I had another question just about the characters. It's just that it's a bit odd because in some parts of the book, so basically Isbo is Matthew's vampire mother because she bit him and she's the the one that turned him. But then in other parts, Matthew turns other women that he's in a relationship with. But So it's just odd because they treat the the vampire that turned you as a parent. But a lot of the times it's like, partners so like do you just pick and choose who becomes your parent and who's your girlfriend you know it's that wasn't pretty clear because sometimes they refer to them as yeah yeah no i definitely get why it's confusing and i think this is kind of one of the main letdowns of how this the first book uh, was structured is that they don't include this but the other books do kind of explain it a bit more uh, explaining the fact that someone who bites you and turns you into a vampire is known as your sire um, Okay. and quite often that's used synonymous, synonymously with creator or parent whether that's mother or, or father but more often um, vampires will take don't use the word sire because sire is often has has a negative connotation like if you were created as a vampire unwillingly more often than not that's would be referred to as a sire um okay whereas if you are created willingly um like well i don't i don't want to give an example there but um 
if you're created willingly or you have a good relationship with your sire, you would more often than not call them mother or father. Um, but it, it creates some really weird family dynamics. Um, yeah. Because the, the Claremont or Matthew de Claremont's family tree um, gets a bit funky. So oh. uh, <laughs> you have a lot to, lot to look forward to. Just about the vampire kids thing, it, it was just like, there were so many pages in the book. Like, why didn't you explain this to me at first? Because reading it yeah. becomes odd then. Anyway, um, but yeah, about their relationship of Matthew and Diana, just to go back on it a little bit, right? One mm-hmm. good thing that I really liked about it, it was the fact that a lot of times in fantasy romance books, you get this whole thing of, oh, him and her never having any other really good romantic connections with other people until they meet each other and it can be a little bit frustrating when you have characters who have lived for such a long time and it's like are you really telling me they didn't have meaningful relationships before these two these two met whereas in this book Mm -hmm. it was quite different like Matthew had relationships and he really did love other women and potentially men as well there's a little bit of question mark over that. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> but uh, which I I love. But uh, mm-hmm. I really like that there was you know it wasn't just because because that's what I thought sh- uh, the author did so great because you can still have the main two love interests having like these really special feelings that perhaps they didn't feel for anyone else, but it doesn't mean that they still didn't have any meaningful relationships with other people yeah. before they met. And I I actually really like that. I was like, come on, Matthew is ancient, you know. Like, good on him. Yeah, you know? no, I, I definitely agree, especially with the whole um, with Matthew's side of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like because they went that route with Matthew and showed that he had previous relationships and all this sort of stuff um, and kind of went against the traditional side, I feel like they went overly traditional with Diana. And I guess some of that can be explained the way by her age that she hasn't had many meaningful relationships. Um, so it does mention that she's she's dated and whatever, but like yeah. none of them were serious. And well, I guess that's that that is fair. I kind of just felt like it kind of made her seem uh, uh, like she was some sort of maiden in a fairy tale. Um, mm-hmm. right. Um, it was only a slight thing. Um, but I still feel yeah. like she kind of rather than completely abandoning the trope of they've never felt this way before now <laughs> she kind of she kind of got rid of that for Matthew and almost amplified it for Diana um so yeah, it kind of just tipped the scale that. one way than the other um which I didn't re- I feel like if, you, if you're gonna break the scale break the scale <laughs> just have yeah. them both be like having like a life before this person walks into their life yeah, I agree. And it it also does kind of make you think a little bit. Um, if Matthew had previous relationships, why is he still treating women so badly? Like, well, also, like, you don't know when his relationships were. Like, they could have been, you know, yeah. 500 years ago. And it's just like, well, in that case, you know, it, it, it's lucky that he didn't just have slaves and order the women yeah. around. Not that he needs yeah. them to cook, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah things get a little bit questionable every now and again um yeah. but yeah now i did there was one thing i didn't particularly like um with their mm-hmm. relationships as well it's 
first of all, it happened very sudden, like out of nowhere. Like it's like it didn't because you know in books, like what I this is kind of a personal thing. What I like is you know the anticipation of them getting together. Like you get like this really yeah. slow burn. And then they finally kiss and you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. They finally, my romance, <laughs> my romance is true. Whereas with here, there wasn't any sort of build up to that. They just interacted and then all of a sudden they were like in love with each other. And it was like, now it was, there was a bit of an element of they are destined to be together because they're like soulmates or whatever, which again, mm. I personally don't really like that trope because it kind of undermines people's hard work of being in a relationship and you know getting it takes to know all the fun each out other. of it because it feels like they take yeah. no choice. It's yeah, a hundred percent. It's like I want to see them struggle through things together, but like get through together, and then it's all the more satisfying. Whereas in this book, because you have the mixture of things happening very suddenly in terms of their relationship, and then kind of having an element of oh well they were meant to be together it's like oh okay yeah that's I, a bit disappointing i agree and disagree because i feel like the relationship was very quick considering how slow burn the start of the book is um like not even in terms of relationship just in terms of like plot line the the, the yeah. start of the book just reads like I will get into more about it in the like uh, other sections, but um, I, the relationship just seems to get to a stage where they're almost like it feels like they're in a long term relationship from the beginning, and then they go back and do the whole like order of what happens in a relationship wrong because it feels like they're already at the "I love you" stage before they are at the "We've had our first kiss" stage. Um, yeah. It's it just reads weird to me. Um, like it, it becomes very intense very quickly. Um and I don't know if I like it. Like there's only so much the that like interspecies relationships explains uh in terms mm-hmm. of a pacing of a relationship. Um but the relationship doesn't seem forced. It or at least I don't think so. It it's just the pacing of it it just seems all weird yeah i agree and shout out i will put the house as a character because i love the house <laughs> same thing i love the house i mean i will just read it for the house okay um before we get into the house i feel like that goes into the world building sort of setting side of things even though i can't the house of character um this is by the way this is a quick yeah uh quick yeah diana's house uh i was just gonna say do you want to give a quick like overview of characters like what's your final rating for characters and then we can go into the full setting well because i consider the house diana's uh childhood house uh uh a character well, it definitely brings the rating up. <laughs> and also M. We oh, love yeah. M. But, um, yeah. see, initially, I put it down as a four. Because even though the main characters kind of suck at times, um, yeah. I did really like the other aspects of, you know, background and stuff. The more I talked about it, though, the more angry I got. And the more I feel like to go with the three... <laughs> it didn't, like, no. reduce the rage at all? No? 
Yeah, no, it didn't. I'm just even more angry now. Uh, but mm, no, I will still go with the four, um, which I know sounds a bit odd. But like I said, um, for me, the side characters really, really pulled this this uh, section mm. up. Um, I really, really like them, and I will say that the author didn't forget about actually giving them their own personalities and stuff, which they she really fleshed them out, which I really loved. It's not something I see in a lot of books. Um, and I have to say, I have to give writer props for this. And definitely yeah. a four. I'll go with a four. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, for me, I think I had mentally started rating all the characters individually. And like, oh. I was going to give Matthew like a two. <laughs> Hopefully. A, a um, one. But I feel like all the other characters have to force the rating higher. So similar to yourself. Um, and I don't know how much... Uh, the character development uh, across all the books is affecting my answer because huh. I like I know how they develop and like how true they are to their own personalities and how they all work together and stuff. But I'm hoping that's not influencing it too much because I know my love for the characters only gets stronger throughout the, okay. the books. But I think I also have to give it. Mm, I was gonna say four, <laughs> but I think I think the character development in the first book is the weakest, so I might okay. actually give it a three. Um, <gasps> Shocking! You gave it a lower rating than me. Oh yeah, God. I think Matthew ruined it. <laughs> God, Matthew ruins everything. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, oh, we can just have that be the running theme. Matthew ruins everything. <laughs> Matthew does ruin everything. I'm not even saying this as a joke. He fully does. Please do like, oh, uh, get him, get him to therapy, please. Um, yeah, yeah. Is that vampire therapy? Vampire yoga, say. vampire therapy should be a thing. If there's a yeah. If there's a vampire that holds like therapy, like holds yoga sessions, there must come on. There must be a vampire that's like a therapist. Just saying, there must be. There should be. Yeah. Yeah. There should okay. be. Anyway. Um, <laughs> fabulous. I think we're done with characters now. Yeah, okay, we'll move on to world yeah. building. Ooh. Right, so we're going to go to world building now. Do you yeah. want what, what do you think? What, what do you feel on this? I am, I have mixed review because, in my opinion, I feel like it's a bit of a stretch to call what the author does as world building considering in my view it's it's very much the world that we live in just with it like the small adaptations to account for like supernatural creatures existence like i don't feel like it is world building and what i expect in a fantasy book because i feel Kansas is a fantasy book but yeah. It doesn't create a fantasy world. It creates like a, a very minor twist on our world. But having said that, all, all the settings that it creates are really, really good and are very, very suited to tell, help tell the story. And like you were saying earlier, like the house becomes its own character almost because the setting is so good. So. I feel like the world building, I, 
is good, but also I don't know if it counts as world building. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Um, see, to me, I didn't really mind much because, yeah, it's true, there isn't like much world building in the sense of creating something new. But I will say, I really, really like the way she integrated, like how the author integrated um her her characters, um, like her species into into like history as well because it was kind of like a historical fantasy and i really liked how she did it and it was like it read very well Mm -hmm. um especially about her like calling certain people from history like oh yeah no that was a demon or no that was a vampire or i thought that was really good really interesting um the one thing that did make me scratch my head was the time traveling because there was a little bit so i think a character because there is a bit of time travel traveling happening um mm-hmm. and at one point one character does ask hey won't this affect the present or something and then uh, they sort of just kind of brush that and it's like no we won't and then it's kind of leaves out there i uh, was just a bit confused how how this yeah. works um it definitely does explain why in further books but um yeah i feel like the explanation in the first book is kind of given for the context of diana because diana doesn't have any other context to time walking or whatever it's called in this book but um time travel essentially so they kind of give a half hour's explanation because it's the only context that Diana has, but it's it's definitely more developed in the further books. Yeah, the the time okay. travel does um, pose some issues in terms of <laughs> the consistency of the story, and it can't. Yeah, because time travel is obviously set up at a different time. It almost feels like a different world. Even though it's yeah. the same, and yeah, the I don't want to talk about it too much because it's definitely more relevant for other books. Mm. But I think the timeline kind of setup was done poorly in this yeah. book uh, because there isn't enough information known by any of the characters really at that point in time. Haha, <laughs> time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I I don't know if that's, it it probably is better that you don't know a whole lot about uh, how time travel works in the first book. That's fair. (laughs) What would you rate it? Um, I feel like I have to give it at least a four because Hmm. like it, it, didn't do anything wrong in terms of world building for me. There was a lot more positives than there was anything wrong. So, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go a four. Yeah, yeah I, I'll give it a four as well because I, I did really like it, and I also liked how you know with magic there were two kinds of magic. There was like spell magic and just like pure, pure just like feeling magic, and you know that mm-hmm. was interesting. It was something new. It was like okay, so there's different kinds of like being a witch. Like that was I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah so I would I would also give it a four here. We're going to move on to the writing style. And I will have to say, this is where we get some issues. Because yeah. the writing writing itself, like, Deborah can write. Like, it's, like, 
I remember when I first started reading it and it it literally read to me like I was watching a TV show, which is so odd, but like I could visualize everything that she was saying. And even throughout the books, there were some sentences that I just like reread because they were just so rich in imagery and they were just really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think um, now it wasn't the writing itself, but the editing that was the issue. It was just structured so weird in terms of pacing um yeah it didn't flow like you want a story to flow even though everything individually if you just took it apart into sections worked really well Hmm. um because if you look at each chapter individually it's like oh my god there's there's like some really cool um really good images really good storytelling it's really easy to read um there's no overly complex language apart from things that are intentionally complex because they are to do with like some magical aspect in the story that they have to like explain. Uh, and that's totally fine. But it's just when you try and add things together, some things don't line up well. Like particularly when you have a relationship that just comes together really quickly with almost no explanation other than the fact that people are just hanging out. And then yeah. you have like the adventure and the dangers that occur in this book just kind of building and building in the background for so long. <laughs> uh, and, and then even when they do get serious, it's almost too late. It, it's, 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 it feels like you've kind of missed your moment in which this should have happened. Uh, yeah. It just, the timing of the book wasn't where you'd want it to be, I don't think. Yeah, and I do agree. And I just feel like some, for example, right, some scenes were redundant. I don't need to see, I don't need to read about Diana riding a horse for like 20 minutes. Like, I don't need to read, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, fine, I get it. She's horse riding. Good for her. Good for her. But it's like, I don't need, like, stop there. It's fine. You can stop there. And there was, I felt like with the scientific explanation, sometimes it was just so overdrawn and it was just like i get i get what you're going for but like at the same time this is starting to be a bit boring like i'm not reading an academic paper i'm reading a fantasy book you know i wasn't getting what i kind of wanted and then like i said some scenes were just simply redundant Mm -hmm. um and some chapters i had to like force myself to read because they were quite boring and then some other chapters i was like oh my god this is so good this is (gasps) it's finally picking up but then the next chapter it went back to boring and then it picked yeah. it up again. And it was just like a really weird roller coaster ride because it didn't keep on building. It just sort of built a little, went down, built a bit more. And I think, I generally think it was just the editing issue because if some scenes were edited out, I think it would have flown much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I particularly agree. Like when you compare the whole length of the book, the the start is so slow for so many reasons, except for the relationship. And then when things do pick up and everything kind of like kicks into action, goes up a gear, like even then when you're in the last few final chapters and everything is like all coming to a climax and it's all very dramatic, like they have this massive build up to this. And then the next chapter is uh, Matthew and Diana giving out Halloween candy to kids. Yeah. Who the and it just feels like you've lost a lot of the build up that you were working so hard to build up in the first place because you've gotten yeah, like, something so 
uh, I don't know, innocuously human. <laughs> and while it, it really ruins the pacing for me, I think it kind of boosted aspects of the character and the world because the real world didn't stop happening because they had other shit to do. Halloween still happened, yeah. even though other shit was going on in their world. And they still acknowledged it, which I think was kind of nice. But it just didn't work for the pacing. I feel like it could have been acknowledged, but it just because it was it went into so much detail. Like that was the issue. You could have still had those moments dispersed. Because I see a lot of fantasy books that do that, you know? And they just disperse little little bits of like like normality. And that's fine. I love that, you know. It kind of shows how like the world doesn't stop moving just because you're going through something that's amazing but because it was a whole chapter of candy giving and it's like (laughs) okay we get it she's wearing funky stockings like uh, what was the reason yeah (laughs) you know and and also for example one of the characters um that we're introduced to is pregnant and i feel like right we were reminded that she's pregnant every single time she was mentioned in a sentence and it's like okay we get it she is very pregnant we know but like <laughs> just constantly being told yeah she's pregnant do you see her she's so pregnant oh my god look at her she's glowing with her pregnancy oh my god okay okay i will say i didn't notice it as much as you did but uh mm. yeah but it is fairly obvious that you know character pregnant important I don't think that annoyed me at all. Like it, I don't think there was anything that stuck stuck out to me as this is repetitive at this stage because okay, I don't think the character this is anyway in the forefront. Um, in most chapters, like they're in, I don't know, they they feature in an age, but they they they're never the key focus of any chapter. Um, okay fair. they kind of be... just exist in the background of a lot of chapters <laughs> yeah with me it was a bit jarring i was like okay okay we get it and also i just have to ask mm-hmm. right because this sentence was put in a few times oh. what does this mean my blood started to hum i think that's kind of meant what? to be like a more vampire suited butterflies in my stomach type thing um oh. as in i don't know Kind of like a cat purring, but like it's her blood. Uh, <laughs> that is so vampires. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Because at some point, it's like my blood started to sing, and it's like it did what? The show actually does a really good representation of that, um, and I think the second book leans into that a bit more. They did kind of describe it as her blood singing, and she kind of gives off a shimmering light and. Um, we can visibly see signs of her like emotional status which I think is kind of cool okay that's kind of cool it was just so funny because in the first book you just have that what What do you mean it stings that's not normal go to the hospital yeah Yeah. (laughs) so all this said and done what would you rate their writing style I don't know how harsh to be because I feel like she, like the content and the writing and how easy it is to read should all be pointing in its favour. But I just don't know if I can forgive the poor pacing because I know I was saying it before uh, this recording is that like 
if I hadn't have known where this story was going from having watched the TV show, I don't know whether I would have stuck through the first half of the book because the pacing was so off. Um, so I feel like I have to give it a two. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I don't know if the start of the book makes the book very readable to anyone who's not already invested. And you're not going to be invested unless you seriously like the characters from the get-go. Or you really like the premise and you want to see it through. But, like, yeah. Oh, I kind of agree. If it wasn't you kind of, like, motivating me to read this book, I would have not gone past the, the first half. Um, yeah. Which was... is a pity, because the second half is by far the better half. Yeah. Um, so I personally would give it, like, a three. Okay. Three. Yeah, I'll be a bit. Ni- I'll be a bit kinder. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the nice one between us. Yeah, brand. So we're gonna go into the spice, spicy romance now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think it counts as like spicy, even though it is suited to the moment. Like I don't know. Like it's the the even when stuff does happen, like in their relationship, it. It always feels like it's more one-sided because uh, of the nature of their, like, forbidden relationship due to the mixed race and whatever. So it always feels like they kind of are forced to to kind of slow themselves down a bit, even though yeah. it may not necessarily reflect on what they want. where they emotionally are in the relationship. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. See, with this with this um, rating for this section, it's not that I... Because um, I think for this and for the emotional part, section, um, we don't rate it as in, like, how good it was. We rate it on how intense, like, yeah. how, how many times it kind of happened in the book. And for me, I would kind of put this one at a two. It wasn't very spicy. I actually didn't mind, though. Yeah, no, well. I think it suits the book. Um, so I can't yeah. really of it. Like... I think you could argue for a three, but I think it needs to happen more often for it to be three. So I think I'm kind of matching you with the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think there's enough of it there to really call it anything more than like, you know, black pepper and salt of spice. Like it's the bare <laughs> minimum. <laughs> it, this was kind of short. It was, there wasn't a lot. There was, um, the, things were hinted at. Um, but at the same time, I actually didn't really mind because um, it kind of fit in with the story and with the characters. So I was like, eh, it's grand. It's grand. It's gearing up in the second book. So I'm good with this. Yeah, I think it's suited to the situation of the book and the characters and where they're at. Okay, so next we're going to go on to like the emotional side of the story and how emotional it made us reading it. Um... I don't know if you've had any particular strong feelings about this, but I was kind of middle of the road. Like, there's definitely some moments that stand out as emotional and you really feel for some of the characters. But I feel like all of those key scenes were in the last half of the book, which kind of just made it feel like a roller coaster ride because it was always like, Oh my god, nothing. Oh my god, nothing. <laughs> um, so 
it, it's hard because it didn't feel like a consistent build of emotion. So I don't really know how I feel about this category in general. Uh, I don't know if you have any major thoughts on it. Um, so I, like, it wasn't an emotional tearjerker. There were some really lovely moments, though, I will say. Mm. Like, there was this, like, for all the flack I gave Matthew, there was this one, one, one sort of part where it was like, um, I'll just, I'll just read an, uh, a sentence from the book. It's like, um, after tonight, Matthew knew his need for her was greater than anything else. Neither his family nor his next taste of blood mattered as much as knowing that she was safe and within arm's reach. If that was what it meant to be bewitched, he was a lost man. And I was like, oh, it's actually oh. so cute. Yeah. I was like, okay, no. And I, I love the little pun as well, um, bewitched. <laughs> I was like, ah. No, there were definitely a few lines where I was like, oh. It's actually really cute. Um, so I, it was emotional in that sense for me. It wasn't yeah, but I feel like it, it's it's yeah. it's it's more like little bits here and there rather than drama. Yeah. Um, that really is gonna get you to the heart wrenching stage because I don't think there's anything that is. There's maybe like one or two scenes that you you kind of really feel for the character. Um, but apart from that, like everything is, it is more about the the lines here or there that kind of make you like want to reread them because oh that's just really nice but yeah know. i yeah i fully agree it was dispersed here and there but uh no but when when it, when there were nice lines they were super nice um but like yeah it was a bit more about the action and stuff even though it's it's, it's funky because there was a love story happening but there wasn't that much emotional connection with me yes yeah uh it, it, none of it really wrong home and made me have to be like oh, okay need a moment but um it, it, that's not to say that the scenes aren't emotional i just don't think it's emotion that like requires it's 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 all good but it's all low level <laughs> yeah i agree um i would i would genuinely just give it like a two for all the dispersed moments because like i said there were some really lovely lines but they were quite few yeah so. kind of, yeah it's kind of few yeah. and far between and there's there's only really like at the top of my head there's two kind of key scenes i think has some sort of higher register of emotion but even then i don't think it's consistent enough to to say it's worth the three yeah yeah so i think i agree with you all right, so now we're up to the resolution section. Yeah, you have any any feelings about that? Um, I do and I don't because a lot of the um way I see it is that there's a lot of unanswered questions in the first book, but I feel like the series resolves them well. But also, the first book ends on a. Well, I would say is a cliffhanger because you have no idea what the character's going to walk into next. So I think the resolution section kind of... I, I, I think it, it, it lacks a fair bit in that th there's a lot more mystery uh, left than there is resolutions. Um, but I don't mind that in a book as long as they're resolved at some point. So... 
I feel like it's done in, in a way that doesn't just piss off the reader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. See, with me, because it was the first book in a trilogy, I didn't actually expect anything to sort of be uh, tied neatly in a bow because, you know, I want to be enticed to read. Um, and I definitely think it ended on like a really interesting cliffhanger because like you said, you don't know exactly where they're landing, um, mm-hmm. which is like, really interesting like okay i want to read the second part i want to see what happens um and we do find out quite a lot um towards the end and a lot more things make sense um there's a good a good bit of resolution done with like smaller i wouldn't even say conflicts but like things that like characters didn't know but but like i said because some of the plot twists sort of so like some of the resolutions and reveals kind of for me undermined a little bit let's say the relationship or the characters in some part for me it didn't feel as satisfying as it could have been um yeah. but you know so that was that was just that was kind of a bit of a personal thing though um but i did really like the cliffhanger i thought it was pretty cool and yeah i th- i thought that was for this section i think it was all right what what would you rate it? What would you rate the resolution section? I feel like I want to give it a four. Um, but no, I think it's um, I think it does resolution in the series quite well because I think all the resolutions are timed throughout the series quite well. I think it made me really want to carry on reading rather than be going too far the opposite way and just kind of like go Ugh, no <laughs> um yeah i oh controversy again i'm gonna go with a three for this one okay um, be- just because like i said just for me because this sort of like explanations at the end kind of took away from other aspects of the book i wasn't super happy with that um so mm-hmm. i'll give it a three but at the same time like i said I really liked the cliffhanger ending. And also, okay. uh, I had a look at the second book and the author picks up immediately after, which of uh, uh, like some authors don't, and it really annoys me, but she mm-hmm. did it. And I was like, okay, I'm happy with this. I'm very yeah. happy with this. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of like resolution, even though it's not reflected in the first book. I feel like that should be able to be taken into account because it, it, it's, it's well done by the author. Is yeah, yeah it, is. it is. It is. Are you going to move on to the next section? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so nerdability is <laughs> our next section. Uh, I'm going to explain it again just briefly because I don't know um, if people may really understand this, but um, we came up with this category purely to be like, how enjoyable is the book in terms of if we're going back to study it for the purposes of this and like rereading it and include stuff, kind of like you were talking before about like, foreshadowing metaphors and comparisons to real life issues like the whole race thing um like how do you feel about that Um, yeah um i i think it's like let's say if i was doing english in college and um, i had to study this for my for my class i think there's quite a good few things to sink your teeth into, you know? There's a good Mm -hmm. few themes happening. You can talk about the dynamic of the relationship. Like we said, slightly toxic. Well, not just like (laughs) very toxic, but you can talk about that, you know? There's a lot lot you can praise and there's a lot that you can um, critique. Um, Like, 
properly critique. Um, and I like that. It's really like even this, even um, reviewing it, it was really fun to look at different aspects of the book and talk about it. So I, I do think this is this is a yes, yeah. <laughs> a big yes. Um, I think it kind of feeds into all the other categories we've been kind of talking about before, though, because even when we're talking about the plot, we're talking about the fact that it's not exactly linear. That makes it so much more interesting to study because you can kind of see all the like story threads like begin to start and like weave together and it all begins to make sense at like it's at a certain point um and also the fact that we're discussing this and we have totally different opinions on some sections um mm-hmm. and it's still like really enjoyable to read the second time uh and i think it's almost more enjoyable to read the second time because i know for me reading it the first time the pacing was so off that um the first half of the book seemed really slow and then by comparison the second half of the book seemed really fast um because it was so much quicker than the f- slow half yeah um, but once you kind of know what to expect from the pacing uh the first section you begin to appreciate the fact that you have time to appreciate all the little bits of foreshadowing and explanation that don't make sense at the beginning, but do by the end. And the second half doesn't seem as quick as the, the second time round because it's you're not as frustrated with how slow the beginning was. Yeah, yeah, fully agree. <laughs> I feel like it it deserves a four, but I don't know. I feel like that's probably influenced by the fact that I've read the other ones and I know how much foreshadowing there is. So I'm probably very biased and probably a bad judge of the first book on, on as a solo piece. But um, I'm going to stand by a four. <laughs> I do agree with you here. I, I will also okay. give it a four because I think there are things to discuss and there are things to consider in this book. And it is worth like proper, proper like studying, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, there's I like depth it. there. Like it, there's enough yeah. there that you can sink your teeth into and you can probably go on an entire uh analysis of how they represent witches and yeah. uh you know how they create settings and it's really weird to know how a house has like ghosts in it and then other places don't and yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah i'll yeah. i agree with you four okay right and so the final thing i would recommend this book um to someone who likes the supernatural adventure romance type books uh, particularly if they've watched a TV show, because as much as I just said how the resolution of the TV show wasn't as good, um, I think the two follow along quite well. And if you enjoyed one, you'll probably enjoy the other. Um, but I think it's important that if you're going to recommend the book to someone, you kind of have to forewarn them. If you are struggling to read the first half, that is okay. Um, it is long and particularly long considering the size of the book but I think once you're hooked it's very easy to blitz through the end and then if in my case just blitz through the other two books um, <laughs> but then again you blitz through every book that's your superpower I'll take that that's a good superpower <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but I, w- I definitely wouldn't recommend it to anyone who wasn't a fan of the show on TV um, and I probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone who is a strict non-fan of slow burns. Because I feel like 
like, I'm not usually a fan of slow burn stuff. Like, I don't mind the occasional slow burn romance. But having the book be slow is not something I typically go for. Like, it's the reason why stuff like uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and that sort of genre of writing never stuck with me. is because I just felt like the story pace was so slow. So if you're not able to at least forgive the first half for being funkily paced, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, But to a general reader who wants something new on the shelf that um it's a new twist on a like a fantasy supernatural uh historical novel yeah yeah fab yeah i would definitely recommend it myself too like i know i've been trashing it for the past like <laughs> what three hours that we've been chatting about this yeah. but like listen listen it is a fun it, it is a fun ride occasionally and i do think it's worth looking at um because it, it brings a new spin to like the like vampires and witches and da- and demons and it was really interesting how they got mixed in um so you know i'd recommend it to someone who's into fantasy um who likes romance too because that is a big aspect of the book um and yeah historical fiction 100% mixed in with like sci-fi elements like time travel um now, like yeah. you said, I um, would warn the person. As well as the, fact that, the fact that it's a very modern setting um, yeah. means it feels a bit fresher than some other stuff that is like uh, Dracula sort of age. Like it, 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 it feels uh, like a nice modern take. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I definitely don't think I'd be like, oh yeah, if you've read Twilight, you should yeah, read no. this because I don't think it's no, similar at not all. Not at all. <laughs> like because um i was looking at reviews and stuff from like 2011 when this book came out and everyone like compared it to twilight and i was like no they're like you don't have to compare to every vampire thing to twilight it is okay to be different (laughs) yeah a hundred percent uh and yeah i would recommend it with a warning just just be aware that's gonna happen and just stick with it Yeah. yeah And if you don't find this now as us, then you are superior. So congratulations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think we came to the end of our review. Yeah. Um, that. I think we've kind of covered everything. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for listening. And hopefully you enjoy this. Um, um, and- we'll see you for the second one. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next time with the second Discovery of Witches books. Yeah etc that made that was a very convoluted sentence um (laughs) we'll see you next time